0: Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level BizTech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm here uh, wrapping up the security track. Uh, You know, we were on, if you you tuned in a couple weeks ago, we started this with Jeff Hathcote, and we got his purview, Tolera Solution Architect. And then we went and we talked to Ben Bowman of Masergy, talked about all the things that, the great things that Masergy's doing with SOC and and SIM and MDR and all of that. Now we're on with Sean Weisenberger of JIL Communications, the man of the hour. Sean, thanks for coming on, man.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Josh.
0: Sean, I like to kick these off with any unique background or any blackmail I can use against you later, <laughs> uh, however, this translates. But I really just want to know how did you get started? How long have you been in it? Where did you start? Uh, and then we'll learn a little bit about JIL. I,
1: I'm going to contribute this to my father, actually, because he used to work for a bank doing the ATM network, right? Mm-hmm. And he, and this was like mid 80s, late 80s. Right. And he always had the coolest toys to bring home. I mean, these things were suitcases, right, of uh, these these computers and everything. And we would sit there and just bang on them and and kind of, you know, kick it around. And before I know it, I had a uh, a, a Commodore 64, a Tandy T-100, all of the evolutions yes. of those and everything. And I can remember from my eighth, my eighth grade, like dissertation, final project. Right we, we were writing programming. We were writing programming, basic, right? No big Um, deal. You know, 10 print, go to 10, you know, that kind of stuff. um, Right. Pretty simple. So I did a kind of a whole program and I, you know, I, this was all pre done everything. I just hit play, man. And the, and the the whole class was amazed of what we were doing. So it was, it was kind of cool. So that kind of spun my propeller head right there. Um, you know, you get a little older. You kind of get away from it. You're 16. You know what happens you know, when when that happens, right? So yeah. <laughs> there's stories in there we won't go for. Yeah, yeah, but but um, but really, after I was working, you know, I started as a paper boy, went to a lumber yard, was working through there, kind of got my business knowledge from just that retail sales acumen. Um, next door, there was a, a a computer shop next door, right? And one of us, uh, the sales managers would go over there and, and actually on the side build clones, right? Clone computers all day long. And that just fascinated me. This was 94 or 5, like right when Windows 95 was coming out. So, yeah. you know, we were all on DOS and this 95 was like, oh, my gosh, gooey, 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 right? It was so mm-hmm. cool, everything. So, um, yeah, so I got really interested in that piece of it. And I decided to apply for a position at a local VAR integrator here in Louisville, Kentucky, Entrez Computers. Um, And my first real, real quote, real sales job uh, was going out and um, getting clients to buy networks and printers and all these devices and services, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of where I started from. And then, not too long. So during that time, we also stood up a ISP. Okay. Oh. So dial in, right. Dial up. Um, BRIs, if you remember that, mm-hmm. some, some real smoking bandwidth at that time, right? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even run anything on it today. Yeah. But um, there was a company that came into town called Blue Star. All right. They were a startup. They were a DSL startup. This was kind of the advent of naked DSL and and putting all these D slams everywhere, they got a bunch of private equity money, and we're building out a network and everything. And it was a very startup entrepreneurial ish environment. So I was just gravitated, loved it, just kind of got. And I was a sales engineer at that point because I've always wanted to be on the sales side, but gravitated to understanding that technology deeper and further, and and, and go down with that. So um, so that lasted. COVID communications. CoVAD Communications, not COVID, COVID. CoVAD. Unrelated. Yeah, purchased uh, uh, them um, and spent a couple of years there. CoVAD bankruptcy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Popped off from there to another local integrator who was standing up a MSP, an MSSP. Didn't even know that word existed Mm -hmm. back then, right? So we were really taking these sonic walls over multiple clients, putting it into a system and managing all that stuff. So it was That's very, that, that is totally, yeah. this was O2, this was 2002. Um, and, you know, and I just, my nerd side kicked in and it was like, man, security is so cool, man. It's just like those hackers, what, how they think and all this. So it it was, uh, it really gets my, my blood going. Um, when you, when you talk security, um, it was a startup, thus, you know, it only lasted two years or so. Um, the owner actually, Joe Secora, actually went on to um, be a pretty big director at Fortinet. Um, 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 uh, bit, uh, bit, what's his name, bit, whatever. And he's at Proofpoint now. So mm-hmm. he's been in security too. Um, went back to the telecom side. So really got deep into the telecom side. Cause I really knew route switch pretty pretty well. Um, and that's perspective. And, and lo and behold, we were standing up Vo- VoIP networks back in 02, 03, uh, right there. Yeah. Like it was, it was painful, mm-hmm. very painful. Um, so again, my tech, my, my telecom uh, teeth have been, you know, a couple of years there, got acquired by uh, actually it went bankrupt, <laughs> but new. That was kind of the dot bomb era. Right. Um, went to another, went to another company, uh synergy kdl norlight which is local here everybody around louisville would know that um that got acquired by windstream spent the last next 14 years at windstream with all their acquisitions kind of putting that together and, and selling solutions all that kind of stuff um and uh, kind of got fed up with with the big w um no offense i mean a great company just just wanted something different right yeah. Um, to cut it up. So, uh, I went to a Talar's competitor, MicroCorp, who is now AppSmart, um, as their first sales engineer. Um, and that's right when SD-WAN was really getting hot, right? That was kind of the buzz term. Uh, so, I was tasked to go out and figure out SD-WAN for them and all that. So, kind of cut my teeth on that and had a lot of travel uh, that involved with that. I'm sure you can relate Mm -hmm. uh, with that, um, kids were young and I was like, dude, this kind of, you know, I want to be at my kid's basketball game. So,
0: um,
1: one of my good partners actually lended a hand off Charlie Booth and he brought me on JIL communications. I've known him for 20 years, sold a lot of his book and his business and everything over the past, all the companies I've been, been through. Um, but yeah, so I've been kind of on the provider, the, the master and the partner side. So I'm very unique in that, that realm. So that's kind of my, technology uh journey for se love it.
0: So, love it and uh and i love how it starts with a computer store next door
1: yeah totally i mean that's the way it was yeah that's awesome very great
0: cool. great story so uh let's let's start a little bit about uh, a little bit more about jil for anybody who's not mm-hmm. familiar how do you how do you guys go to market what do you do what's your focus is all that good stuff
1: traditional telecom agency back in the uh 1999 is when it was started um, that since I have been brought on as a sales engineer, engineer, whatever, we have really pivoted towards the more complex offerings, right? That being the cybersecurity, being the contact center, being those high, high dollar, high touch, highly um, complex services that you really have to kind of understand at at not only a business level but somewhat of a technical level to navigate a lot of the noise that we all hear as people and get blasted with all these companies. So yeah, that's that's kind of what we do. So we we take the complex and make it uncomplex, right? Um, and we partner with our customers. We, we're just not a sell it and leave. We're more of a white glove relationship. We want to keep you as, you know, forever. Um, we've realized that the direct sales force, no knock on the direct sales force out there, but they tend to come and go. We are mm-hmm. a constant, you know, um, and we don't hide behind how we're paid or anything like that. We're, we're paid to service your book month over month over month. Right. So, and if you don't like what you see, then let, let's have a conversation and change it. So that's kind of JL. We, so we, we do a lot.
0: Good. Uh, let's, let's talk about, I think you kind of mentioned it, but, but tell me, you know, when I want to, I want to start kind of Polar, you know, one end and then uh, mm-hmm. transition to the other end of your first experience with security and then some good stuff in between and then a most recent example in security. So is that is your first real, you know, kind of your deep Fourier into security with the sonic walls when when the MSSP mm-hmm. thing didn't didn't exist? Maybe. Yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me about how is it being done before that? Right. I mean, you're, you're, you're identifying problems, right. I see the engineer brain, you're yep. figuring out a way to fix it. And and kudos to you, you figured out a way, how was it being done before that? And how, how are everybody's kind of eyes opened after that?
1: So think about, you know, a hundred clients right out there and having to log into a hundred clients to update firmware, software, change a configuration because they asked, but that's just not, that's not, um, you know, it's not it's not a one. What am I trying to think? It's not just. It's, it's hard, feasible, right? Yeah. It's not feasible. It's not. It's not streamlined either, right? It's a lot of people, a lot of time, a lot of things like that. So um, the company I, I, I work for, uh, Fortress Network Security, they were a pretty big SonicWall partner, and SonicWall actually brought out their global management system that we deployed uh, in in more of not just. So you could sell that to an enterprise, but we were focused on kind of the small, medium business. Mm -hmm. So we took that platform and kind of changed it into, hey, we can manage all this for our clients for a a monthly fee, right? I mean, applying the patches, the updates, the, you know, all of that stuff, all the love, care, and feeding that go along with that security. Because remember, back then this was 02, it was all about hardware, right? Mm -hmm. It was about that firewall, that layer three firewall. I mean, we weren't really protecting web apps and all this kind of stuff with Casby and all that now. But now it's it's yeah, that was kind of and and to be honest with you, now that I, I think about it, there was kind of some lightweight sim action in there too, mm-hmm. some logging so we can go back and see what happened, you know, that, with that firewall or or what happened at a point in time, right? So it was it was kind of cool um, going back and, and and doing that. So yeah, it was it was awesome actually.
0: You had me at MRR. right exactly (laughs) you knew you knew about you you were doing MRR before it was cool
1: it was actually so it was 100 percent year over year growth I was only there for three years granted um and that turned into like 10 million dollars in revenue annual revenue for a for a a small business a local small business that's that's huge pretty good pretty good yeah kudos to you (laughs) absolutely
0: so all right so let's talk about You know we talk a lot about you know partners that that haven't sold some of these advanced services Mm -hmm. and i want to get the message across about how this transforms your relationship and really evolves your relationship with your customers so talk to me about uh, as you've gone as you've as you pushed further into these advanced services like you're talking about with security what does that do for the relationship how does that evolve it how does that improve it what other doors does it open up let me just talk about that for a minute
1: so the way we we approach everything is a kind of a security first mentality, and here's the reason why. Every piece of what Talaris offers, what technology offers, is surrounded by security. I don't care if it's connectivity, your UCAS phone system, your um, um, any of the other you know, the contact center, the cloud infrastructure services, all of that stuff. When you start with that security mindset that opens up the conversation because they kind of they got to tell you everything mm-hmm. they kind of do if they really want to be honest and and open with with that now that being said that also brings in the CFO right because the CFO CFO has a vested interest because he's getting these cybersecurity questionnaires right they got to fill them out and put their their name CFO CIO they have to put their name on the line on that so you know it's 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 really got in, gotten us to partner deeper and wider with every customer. So I want to say, you know, our, we don't grow as a company 20 40 50% a year. We, we have that steady 5% to 8% growth, right? But that, a lot of that growth is um, going back into these customers, figuring out a problem, uh, and, and going deeper and wider with all these product sets we have now available in the channel. It's, it's, it's incredible. The opportunity is limitless. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You bring up a good point. Um, there's a, there's a financial, I think I stole this from a financial guy, but uh, second money is easier than first money, right? Not Absolutely. having to go, not having to go cold call, not having to go, you know, door knock, all that good stuff. Um, and, and being able to go back and do that and, and probe. And you're right. Uh, I think one of the things that we focus on is trying to figure out how to maximize uh, Uplift and Tibber in an account with our partners for uh, for the customers. And I think that's, to your point, it depends on where you start that, right? Because either A, they're going to think of you as only that, or B, they're going to realize, whoa, if if he knows this, I, I wonder mm-hmm. what else he knows. If he can help me with my WAF and my DDoS and all of these other things, I wonder if they can help me with my infrastructure and my, my migration to serverless and, and and all this good stuff for sure.
1: And that's where you get to become a trusted advisor right there you know, they're making the phone call to you first because granted my resources are free, right? Um, I just want to figure out your problem and your pain and apply a solution, right? So they're not calling the, the shop down the street that's going to sell them some Cisco stack, right? Because that's all they do. Um, so I, I think this evolution of VAR, IT consultant trusted advisor is really getting the lines bl- uh, blurried, which I like, because I kind of know all all of the the, the different pieces of it. Yeah. But um, it's very, very, uh, very open as far as what we can do on this side of the house. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, good point. And it is a big, uh, you know, uh, my next question is going to be about challenges in these conversations. But I mm-hmm. we, were just, we were just out with a partner uh, a few days ago and talking about the, the way that the channel looks right now for cloud and security is dramatically different than the the way that the channel looked from an OEM's perspective five, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, right? Maybe 10 years ago, there was next to none. And now there's there's so many from an OEM's It's a matter of, do we have that OEM? How do we procure it? How do they want it managed? You know, it's it's less about, can we get it? It's more about, how do you want to buy it? How do you want to pay for it? What yep. level of management do you want on it? Uh, to your point. So yeah, there's thankfully we're finally at a spot where there's a lot mm-hmm. of OEMs in the channel now.
1: You, you are correct. Um, so what some of the challenges that we have talking about what we do and how we do it and everything is that buyer that is used to that OEM um, conversation. I want to buy product. It's not about product anymore. All these products are, are stellar and, and pretty good at what they do. It's, it's the people and the companies behind that product that, that deployment, I can't tell you how many companies we have met where they bought a, a stack of, of whatever, you know, whether it be a SIM that sat on the shelf for eight months because they couldn't deploy it, whether it be, you know, it's some EDR piece of it that they just couldn't, it didn't work in their environment because they didn't do the right, um, um, pre, you know, kind of, uh, install and everything on their applications oh, they forgot about their cloud resources, right? Oh my gosh, wait, you mean it doesn't work up there in the cloud? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's where we can bring some of our expertise and everything for that. So it is a challenge to get that mindset um, unfocused from just buying product and, and, and more of keep it at the business level discussion. Initially, I think that's, that's kind of key because at the end of the end of the day, we're all trying to mitigate risk, right? Risk is, is the key. And, each business has a different appetite for how much risk they can tolerate, so that that's that's kind of our approach on that. So.
0: Gold, uh, golden point. I, I love the risk. Mm-hmm. I love the risk angle. Uh, I I want to dive in. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the challenges for a second here. You mm-hmm. know, if, if we flash back, maybe it doesn't even have to be ten years ago. If we flash no. back five plus, the idea of telling a customer who is used to running these uh, 75 Cisco ASA 5505 so they can see them, they can pet them, they Thank can wave life. to them every day of, hey, I'm going to introduce this box in your environment that's going to be managed by a third party. You'll get alerting, maybe, maybe, maybe not get some co-management out of it. Uh, they'd go, yeah, that's great. You sound awesome, but no thanks. Call the next guy. Now we trans to where we're at, add in all the weird economy stuff, the layoffs, the great resignation, just pile it all yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. What are you seeing out there? Um, we were talking about this a lot from a security perspective, pre-COVID, pre-anything about how hard security people were to find. Mm-hmm. It feels like now that's just been compounded and that's been a theme that we've talked about, the IT outsourcing. What are you seeing, what 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 trend are you seeing in that direction uh, regard to you know h- how it's changed over the last few years?
1: So, Number one, um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of this insurance and and state regulated policies are mandating that you have a 24 by 7 SOC SIM, right? And, and when you put numbers to having to do that in a company that takes six to eight salaries, employees with benefits and everything, I mean, the managed service completely knocks that conversation out of the ballpark, right? So, and I'm not going to say that it's 100% managed service everywhere, right? But that piece of it, and as you said, co-management or at least have some visibility into that SIM sock, so they can react and have a playbook there uh, to, to help them react. That's that's where we see the advantageous benefit. Once you land that product, product that service into an environment, the conversation expands from there. What else can you do for me? What else can I take off your plate? Because I don't have sci- dedicated cybersecurity engineers. I've got, you know, a team of six. Two of them are developers. A, co- a couple of them are route switch guys. Some of them are break fix. And I don't have 24 by seven coverage. So, yeah, that, that is exactly, um, I think, where this landscape's heading, uh, especially with, with, oh, my gosh, we've had so many people Jump from company to company to company for twenty grand here, thirty grand here, et cetera. And it's and I'll I give you an example right now. We have a company that um, is looking to deploy a sim. Pretty large company, don't have a sim yet, Um, but looking to deploy a sim. um, They have two engineers that recommended a a workload, a a sim that is one of the leading sims. But it takes a team of engineers to deploy it, care and feed it and everything. And um, we are sitting back waiting for the phone call going, yeah, you failed. I get it. We'll help you. We'll prop you up. We'll get these guys in there that can manage it the right way. And, and Oh, by the way, you know, one of those guys have already left the company. So, so they're seeing the light. Unfortunately, sometimes, um, Kind of like I was told when I was younger, you got to hit the got to hit the brick wall first, right? Yeah. Before going, oh, <laughs> yeah, managed services is the way to go. So that's that's my dissertation on that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. You, you bring up a great point, and I think when we started down, I mean, from a Tolaris perspective, when we started pushing security heavily and helping partners kind of go down that road, trying to get more products into the market, um, it, 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 early on, it, it was. The customers saying, "I'm not a target. I'm not a target. I'm not a target. Right. You know, I'm small. I'm small. You know, and and thankfully now, uh, I think, I shouldn't say thankfully, but because of some of the breaches that have happened, a people have realized anybody's a target. But but more importantly, I think the insurance companies and things like that are really forcing people to to look at this and to do things. Even if you do the basics, even if you do the minimum, the minimum is so much better than most people. have oh, yeah. Done. And 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 I think the The other thing that I want to encourage people on, I think we don't, whenever we bring this up, we have good conversations around it, but I don't think we talk about it enough is the whole imposter syndrome idea. Mm -hmm. I think we as people assume that when we're going to talk to these customers, that the customers are absolute experts and they they are going to be able to just stump us on every single question. And the reality is. With all of the technology that is getting thrown at these customers, everything that they've got a Google, every every you mm-hmm. know brand out there under the sun, what their buddies did, what their boss says they think they should do, uh, I think you and I we're all just fortunate that we get to see all of the things happening, right? And we get a we get a bunch of data points on the great tool sets that are out there, so we get to lend yeah. advice on this. And when we get into these conversations with customers, I find that they just open it up because they go. I mean, it's all but saying I have no idea what I'm doing. There's just, to your point, they either just don't know, they got pushed into a different role, they're doing security part-time, or uh, they're just overloaded with options and they don't know where to go.
1: So never again, don't be shy. I agree. Do not be shy by asking some of these questions that 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 are pretty basic because you can't assume that everybody knows. You were exactly right, Josh. That's, that's head on because uh, – the, the first time you assume, you know what happens there, Yeah, you know, um, and, and as salespeople, we should all understand that a, a, a hard no okay. You know, it's okay. There's other things in the tool bag we can talk about, right? It's all good.
0: Yeah. Uh-oh. But if we don't ask, we know somebody. That's correct.
1: Will. You got it. Absolutely
0: um let's let's walk through maybe uh is there any verticals that you have focused on from a security i mean we're, we're talking about sock here right is the key focus mm-hmm. of this and, and you've laid out some great points as to why people wouldn't want to do it themselves we're leveraging the economies of scales of the providers we're leveraging the tech talent of the providers but any verticals that you've seen with regard to sock you know this conversation resonates a little more with
1: yes um right now manufacturing work Midwest manufacturing is huge, right? They're, they're still trying to play catch up from the 80s, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they really are. And they've got these pretty sophisticated um, systems inside their plant, right, that are all now becoming IoT aware. They want the analytics off of it. How do you protect, you know? So they're getting more sophisticated, but they're not, you know, dedicating. A lot of these companies don't have CIOs. They don't have CTOs, right? They have a glorified IT guy, right? So that's where I see a lot of home runs being hit right now. Is in that space. Um, The other, the other space I will say is healthcare. Healthcare is getting bombarded, and I don't mean you know healthcare from a uh, a a hospital perspective, but um, a pretty large radiologist, right? or an orthopedic surgeon that is, he has a huge practice right those guys are targets all day long and they don't have the resources cuz they're outsourcing stuff already um, for that so those those two verticals are pretty pretty deep pretty good conversations with the with uh, the cybersecurity discussion
0: good let's let's go into uh, a detailed example as we kind of get towards the uh... The, the back half of this podcast I, I want to mm-hmm. have you kind of walk us through you know there's a couple trends we we see when we ask this question and right? I, w- I want to go through an example where you saw a big transformation uh, in a customer's business from a from a security deployment that you've done and and sometimes we find that things don't always translate to Oh, they, they said it was this and the reality it was this, or, you know, it was something completely different or, or we uncovered more. So curious if you can walk us through an example, what did you walk into? What was some of the tech stack that was there and what did you really find that they needed and ultimately ended up getting?
1: So, yeah, I'll just take one of these manufacturing examples that I have uh, in our, in our, in our, in our book of business. Um, they, they hired a new CIO, first CIO of this company, cause they were growing. And and actually COVID actually propelled their growth. Um, um, for a lot of instances. Um it's a packaging company, right? Mm. They make they make packaging. So go figure how many people are on Amazon, right? <laughs> over COVID, you know, hey, work over here and we've got Amazon up over here ordering mm. stuff. So um, and they were in growth mode crazy. Okay. So they're they have a brand new CIO brought in and um, he was tasked really to make security not only easy, which is kind of a <laughs> it's it's hard to make security easy, right? Um, right now, especially, but it but also to protect you know the crown jewels, which is their customers, right, and their partners' partner, right. So, when you have a company that's doing business with one of the big blue chip, big, 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 like, I just mentioned their name earlier, Amazon. Um, yeah, they, they kind of, you don't want to be the guy left holding uh, the stick going, uh, we got breached, by the way. We got to tell Amazon, right? So, it, it goes down to the reputation piece of it, um, the legal liability um, the insurance, all of it, right? So funny, funny this and this is how I'll tell you how we got engaged with this customer. They bought a stack from another MSP.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. They got ransomware. Oh. Yeah, they got ransomware. They called that MSP. The MSP said, You know what? We don't have any instant incident response. Here's the playbook, you go do it. That'll go well. So Yeah, no. we And we were pitching this company for the last six to nine months, right, trying to get in. So they they didn't choose our solution. They chose somebody else's. Well, one of our guys got got the phone call like at 9 o'clock at night going, hey, I need some help. I don't know where to go. My tech company says I I just don't have anybody to do anything. So lo and behold, we had one of our vendors uh, in their systems within a couple hours mitigating the risk, trying to do the forensics, on all of what happened and making sure everything was 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 kind of good. so that actually that incident changed that company's entire mindset on security and now it's a security first approach within their company as a culture right um and, and you know i it's like the old backup it's not if it's when it, it's gonna happen guys it's gonna happen and as many layers as we put in place it's good to have those layers, but it, it's the people and the processes and the business outcomes that really make a full solution, right? You can't just have uh the latest greatest shiny object um and expect it to work, right? right. You've got to have this shiny object that also takes care of this with the people and the culture inside um so yeah it's it's a full it's a full court press from a security perspective, yeah.
0: Love oh. it. Uh, good example. And I think if you're the one fielding that call at their absolute worst, uh, you, right. know, you, you form a trust, a, a, you know, trust, trust to me and and um, relationships are really built down in the trenches. And so how, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily what you do sometimes, right? Because we make mistakes, but it's about how you respond and how you react and how you grow from those. So obviously your relationships defined as how you react in that situation and how resourceful you are. And so, yeah, uh, you're you're the next call on everything else, right? Because you you can present value. You can present value in a panic. You can you could have easily said, mm, "Yeah, not gonna answer that call, nine o'clock, right?" But that's our brand. That's what we do. Uh, and this is all built on our relationships.
1: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And that's why you know, I, I this isn't a, a a job to me. It's my lifestyle. It really is. I'm that passionate about it. I'm I'm really passionate about this this trusted advisor uh role I'm in. So these guys lean on me and of course, you know, I ask favors from them too. so it's yeah. it's what I do. Yeah.
0: All right, final thoughts here. uh I, I would love to hear. You know, we talked about it a little with the idea of imposter syndrome, not being afraid to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts that you would add on this if, if partners are maybe in an adjacent area? Maybe they're in SD-WAN, maybe they're in a little bit of cloud, maybe they're in some contact center, but they just haven't ventured into security. Any advice or any good questions that, that you've used that you think others uh, you'd recommend for others?
1: I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you this. Start small. So I'm going I'll, to, I'll give a props out because I was looking for a solution for a small real estate agency here locally. They're not going to go out and buy a SIM. They're not going to go out and buy this big, you know, $10,000 a month product, but you have a, you have a provider, Transmosis, right? In your portfolio that fits that bill perfectly and kind of offers a very simple full stack security uh edr xdr whatever you want to call it with liability insurance and everything else included in a package that's really easy to digest for these these small business customers start there start there cut your teeth right get to know some of the verbiage and some of the um vernacular and and in buzzwords and out and things out there and then build upon that um I, i think that's that's a good you know it's hard because i'm an engineer we have large companies that will never do managed services but we can still supplement some other things their tools and, and all that that mid-market is exactly where we focus which is huge but again yeah start small build build your confidence in that arena and i'm i'm actually I, I kind of came prepared i don't know if we're going to be on video or not but i have a book here called the cyber defense matrix it's a very, very good book and kind of lays out what the CIO is thinking and where they're going as far as a plan. And it maps it maps technologies to business problems inside the organization and who's responsible for that. So it's a really good it's a really good uh, uh, book. I don't want to say it's it's you know like cyber defense for dummies. It goes a little more in depth, but it is actually a very good business slash technology uh, platform that I've read. And it's really good. It's really good. So read that, I mean, just consume that information, right? Consume is what I do. Yep.
0: Love it. Love a good book plug, especially relates to our world and, and this space because it's so unique. I think what we're doing out there. So appreciate that. That's a, looks like a good one. All right. Final thoughts then, uh, as we wrap this up, you know, your, your opinion, you've seen a lot of change in this space. You've seen change in the channel, you've seen change with security and OEMs. Mm-hmm. Um, if we look out, right, we're thinking about edge and Casby and Sassy and what all that stuff means, your opinion on, you know, what the next 12 to 24 months look like, are we just dealing with the, the staff shortage and we capitalize helping people on that? What's your just thoughts over the next little while?
1: I think there's going to be a lot of consolidation, kind of like what the UCAS industry has felt, right? There is, there's, I swear, there's probably 3,000 different cybersecurity companies out there right now. And I think there's going to be some consolidation in that arena, especially with the private equity money out there that can take these companies and put them together and make something better. Uh, that's, that's kind of where I see this cybersecurity piece of it. But also, I'm honest opinion that not every workload is going to go cloud. So we're going to have this hybrid stack, right? Some on-prem, some in the cloud, some in multiple clouds, some in private clouds, right? And how do you defend that attack surface, right? You've got to have um, your eye – somebody's got to have their eyes on the ball, right? And, and typically, the customers only have a piece of that, right? So you can still use the managed services and things to help augment what they're doing in their effort. So don't ever be shy about uh, offering, even though they have maybe a sock of 10 people or whatever. Um, perfect example right now is we have, um, a customer that it's a, it's a, it's a uh, healthcare customer and they've got their full stack. They've got a sock going on. It's, it's a hospital chain It's, it's huge. Right. Um, but their problem is they can't get projects completed because of the staff shortage. Mm. So, you know, you've got resolve tech in your, in your portfolio that can place individuals, Right very profitable. I'm not, I don't want to call it headhunting, but it's, it's a high-level engineering placement that, that us as trust advisors can make some money um, or even augment. Pro, don't be scared of professional services either, those engagements, because typically those lead to the managed services eventually, right? Um, so yeah, that, that's where I see a lot of this going, a lot of at least where companies like ours are, are, are really hitting home runs out there. Um, But even we'll take the base hits, you know, we'll take the doubles all day long. So,
0: yeah. Great point. Great point, too. Uh, we, we've seen that start off with a lot of partners in security. It starts off, we all we all want the predictable MRR on a lifetime right. contract that grows at 30% a year and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. But the reality is sometimes if we show some of these skill sets of a three to six month SOW of this outsource skill set or whatever, just to help a, a customer manage a, uh, an environment that they've already sunk a bunch of money into that they might not want to rip out, but they don't know how to manage it and they need to implement it, maintain it, all that good stuff. Yeah, stick with you those. It. And uh, it's certainly we've seen it exactly do what you're saying of bring back more things that they need after that. All right, good stuff. Sean, I think that wraps us up for today, man. I appreciate you coming on.
1: Thanks, Josh. I appreciate having you. Thanks.
0: All right, everybody. That wraps us up. Sean Weisenberg, JIL Communications. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Talaris. And this is Next Level BizTech. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com
1: for more information.